0: Broncos cheerleaders, and you're listening to Sports Crunch with D-Crom. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever, or whenever you cats and kittens are. This is Sports Crunch with D-Crom. I'm your host, David Cromolo. The events of Week 9 continued their way into Week 10, with the Dolphins beating the Ravens in another stunning upset, and the most wide-open race to the Super Bowl in modern NFL history arguably became even more uncertain and wide-open. But that is the beauty of the greatest reality TV show man ever made, the National Football League. Isn't it, Hal Bent?
1: It certainly is, David. It is wide-open in both conferences, those wild-card spots, so many teams still in the running. There's very few fan bases that have even given up at this point. So there's still a lot of hope for a lot of markets as we go into week 11.
0: There most certainly is. And by the way, shout out to the Washington football team for their upset over the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sorry, I forgot to mention you in the intro, but we got that covered. And now let's discuss our main takeaways from week 10. What about you, Hal?
1: Well, I mean, that is a big, I mean, you know, Baltimore, Tampa, how about Pittsburgh not being able to get past the Lions, a tie, a tie in the NFL, you got to love seeing that. Arizona losing, the Chargers favored and losing, the Rams losing, uh, you know, Vegas with a chance to put the stranglehold on the AFC West, and what do they do? They fold up like an accordion. It is unbelievable. I mean, is it 2019, David? All of a sudden, all I'm hearing about is the Chiefs and the Patriots playing so well. I don't know what's going on anymore.
0: I feel you, Hal. And speaking of the Patriots, that's one of my main takeaways from Week 10. They made an absolute statement against the Cleveland Browns. They just annihilated the Cleveland Browns by beating the Browns at their own game. And Mac Jones continues to make enormous progress week after week after week. I told you, Hal, you should believe in these Patriots. They could very well win the AFC East. That Monday night football game, uh, the first week of December against the Bills is going to be must-see TV for all of America. I cannot wait for that game. They might be not just a playoff contender, or a division title contender, they just might be a sneaky good Super Bowl contender too, Hal, you gotta believe in your Patriots. And also last week, speaking of upsets, I mentioned that the Rams lacked the physicality needed to win games in December and January. They proved it once again when the 49ers just absolutely punched them in the mouth all game long on Monday night. They did not allow the Rams' pass rush a prayer. They just lined up and played smash-mouth football against them all night long and absolutely dominated on both sides of the ball. The Rams are just soft. I have a hard time believing that they could make a deep run into the playoffs right now. They have to show a more physical side for me to be sold on them again. That's all I
1: can say. I agree with you, David. They came across, you know, we don't use the term often, but the finesse teams, they looked like a finesse team. They wanted to run a hundred yard dash. They didn't want to line up and smash helmets. That was clear on Monday night. And what a shocking performance indeed. And, uh, you know, and I've got to put out an APB. Has anybody seen Trey Lance lately? This is the Jimmy Garoppolo show out in San Francisco. Three, what is it? Three straight games with a quarterback rating over a hundred. So all of a sudden uh, the number three pick in the draft has disappeared. Uh, I don't know what's going on there in San Francisco and the Patriots. I'll tell you, Mac Jones. I never thought he would be this good year three, let alone week 10, the performance he had last week, the uh, just the ability, the switching off plays switching two passes switching two runs he looked like a 10-year veteran not a quarterback playing in his 10th game it was unbelievable ah i want to believe david i really do it's the 20th anniversary of that 2001 patriots team uh, patriots.com has been replaying the games and you know pulling out the time machine on that and it's been so wonderful to relive those memories and this team you know kind of gives you that feeling but i'm not quite there yet getting there but not there yet
0: this patriots team easily reminds me of those early 2000s patriots team when the goat was learning how to be the goat tom brady and not saying that matt jones is going to ever be tom brady that is not fair but I definitely see it being like a Matt Ryan, Derek Carr kind of quarterback. And the problem with uh, Matt Ryan, and Derek Carr, they've been franchise quarterbacks without a franchise, dare I say. Matt Jones has a franchise, and he is going to show us exactly what would have happened had Derek Carr or Matt Ryan had a legitimate franchise to play for.
1: That's a great point, David. I mean, we talked about Matt Jones couldn't land in a better spot The Josh McDaniels offense there, perfectly tailored for him, you know, certainly doesn't have the weapons he had in Alabama, but he certainly has that strong offensive line. And we saw that against Cleveland, which is so strong defensively this year. And they were just pushed around by that healthy Patriots offensive line.
0: They most certainly were. And now let's debut a new segment here on Sports Crutch It's called Elephants in the Room. And in this segment, I ask one of the biggest Bernie questions looming in the National Football League, and we try to come up with an answer out of several options. This could very well be, as I mentioned before, Russell Wilson's final season with the Seattle Seahawks. Should the Seahawks make him available for trade, which of the following teams is the best landing spot for him? Is it the Broncos? Is it the Raiders? Is it the Browns? Is it the Eagles? Keep in mind, they got three first round draft picks or is it the new Orleans saints? Which one of those teams would make the most ideal landing spot for Russell Wilson? Should he be traded as several around the league expect him to be?
1: You know, I'm kind of thinking the Eagles just because, you know, Spent high draft capital on wide receivers. Jalen Hurts doesn't seem like the type of quarterback that's gonna, you know, elevate the games of Jalen Rager and Devonta Smith. But Russell Wilson letting those guys loose downfield with that downfield passing touch, that's the first out of that group that came to mind to me is he could be a great fit for unlocking the potential of those young receivers in Philadelphia.
0: I understand your sentiment about the Eagles, but Jalen Hurts has been improving dramatically these past several weeks. The Eagles, they should give Jalen Hurts a fair hearing these next several weeks. And if he just continues to progress and given the amount of aging pieces on that team, they might be wise to keep some of those picks and build around him, give him another shot in 2022. And if it folds, No problem. They get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud in the draft in 2023. That, I think, is an option the Eagles have to highly consider as well because aside from those receivers, uh, the Eagles, I'm not sure how strong their roster is at the moment.
1: Yeah, they definitely have issues on the defensive side, the offensive line, uh, pass blocking. They've certainly stepped up their game, uh, run blocking the last few weeks as well, but... Yeah, Jalen Hurts has been improving, but you know, are there limitations to him? You know, what's the next step there? And if we go off of the Eagles out of that loop, you know, the Browns can at least offer back Baker Mayfield if they want to as part of that deal, as we saw with the the Rams' construction of including Goff as part of the Matthew Stafford trade. So the Browns certainly could be an option there. The Raiders could do that with Carr. Uh Broncos, mm, I don't know if anybody wants that as well, but but again, the Broncos definitely have that that young receiving group. Um, you know, Denver area great place for Russ and his, you know, celebrity wife to hang out. So, uh all of these teams are quite intriguing and and then again, if you want to go play for an offensive mastermind, you've got the Saints there.
0: That alone is why I think the New Orleans Saints is the best possible landing spot for Russell Wilson because Sean Payton, uh, I'm not saying he's Bill Belichick, but he's pretty damn close. He is easily (laughs) a top four or five head coach of the NFL. Bill Belichick is the GOAT, don't get me wrong, but the job that Sean Payton, Mike Tomlin, and John Harbaugh have done over this past decade plus are the only resumes that rival Bill Belichick, Andy Reid too. Uh, for crying out loud Andy Reid how dare I omit him (laughs) but he is like in that next tier of coaches right below that Belichick tier and he gives Russell Wilson the best shot at a Super Bowl ring in my opinion alone because the Saints they got a stacked roster on both sides of the ball and even a slight improvement in their wide receivers will make Russell Wilson elevate them to a very very high level and Sean Payton will know how to let Russ cook better than any of the other coaches in either of those four NFL cities. And now it's time to play our favorite game, truth or exaggeration. And in this game, I make a statement. And, Hal, you tell me whether I'm telling the truth or whether I'm exaggerating and why. We start in Carolina, where the return of Cam Newton will lead the Panthers to a playoff berth. Truth or exaggeration?
1: Yeah, truth, truth. I mean, you saw the excitement last week with Cam. He changed the whole, I mean, Christian McCaffrey's got to get some credit here for the jolt he gave that offense as well. But you could tell the players on both sides of the ball in Carolina were so excited to have Cam there. The, The level of excitement he brought just elevated that entire team. Carolina has a playoff defense, no doubt about it. For the offense, You've seen all you have to do is have not Sam Darnold there and you're okay to go. You're a playoff team. So Carolina, truth.
0: With the NFL's easiest remaining schedule, the Tennessee Titans are a lock for the AFC's number one playoff scene. Truth or exaggeration?
1: That is a hard truth. No hesitation. They finished the hardest part of their schedule. They've got a big lead all ready over the rest of their competition. Buffalo still has to go up against New England twice. They've got Tampa Bay on their schedule as well. They're the only real legitimate contender to Tennessee for that one seed. I mean, you look at Tennessee's schedule at Pittsburgh, at New England. Sure, those are tough games. You've got a bye week coming up. Uh, San Francisco at home, Miami at home, Jacksonville at home, two games against Houston. Lock it up. Lock it up. Number one seed, Tennessee's already won in the first round of the playoffs.
0: And as Field Yates tweeted, the Titans won four straight games as of November 8th against teams that made the playoffs last season and the Saints made it five. And only three other teams have done such a thing in the past 15 seasons. Each of those three teams went on to play in the Super Bowl. So if past his prologue, the Tennessee Titans will be the AFC representative in Super Bowl 56. It would be an amazing story should they get there without Derrick Henry. And now we go to San Francisco, where Debo Samuel has become a top five offensive weapon in the entire NFL. Truth or exaggeration?
1: I have to say truth, David. I mean, especially these last couple of weeks, uh, there's hard to put anybody above him every time the ball is in his hands something is happening positive i mean catching the ball running the ball he is just explodes um you know he looks like one of those video games where where you get the upgrade for the one player that nobody else has in the rest of the league and he's running at a speed different than everybody else i i've got to go with the truth there
0: yeah, he showed you why on Monday night. He is a multifaceted weapon. He's kind of like a smaller Cordero Patterson, if you know what I mean. Line him up at running back. Line him up at wide receiver. He can do it all. He's a Swiss Army knife.
1: <laughs> he's, exact, he's what Tavon Austin was supposed to be, right? <laughs> right, of course. Yeah, <laughs> definitely.
0: And with the road to the Super Bowl comes the road. To the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2022, it's almost time for the Pro Football Hall of Fame board of selectors to narrow down their list of finalists to 15. And DeMarcus Ware and Devin Hester should both be voted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this year on first ballot. Truth or
1: exaggeration? DeMarcus Ware, definitely. I mean, that's a a Hall of Fame career. No doubt about it there. Uh, I have, you know, I say he definitely a first ballot. Devin Hester, you know, should, maybe, will, not likely. I mean, the bias against special teams in that room when they're picking the the pro Football Hall of Fame nominees. Uh, I, I would definitely say Devin Hester, I mean, you talking about, the best person at your position for over a decade I don't care what the position is he's a hall of famer in my mind but are the voters going to do it probably not but I would
0: I completely agree both DeMarcus Ware and Devin Hester should be first failed hall of famers heck Devin Hester no offense to Deion Sanders Devin Hester might be the best return specialist in NFL history period
1: Exactly. Exactly. And if you're the best ever, you belong. Period.
0: Yeah, but sadly, the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame's bias against special teamers might rear its ugly head, but I hope not. I hope they change course right now. They need to. Several specialists, aside from Devin Hester, deserve to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and we will talk about those on a later program. But moving right along here, in truth or exaggeration, the Denver Broncos should bench – Teddy Bridgewater for the rest of the season after his lackadaisical play on the Darius Slay fumble six. Truth or exaggeration?
1: Oh, that's an exaggeration. Oh, look, you know, Tom Brady goes and stands next to the, the finds the referee and stands next to him after an interception. Yeah. You can't, you can't go after the quarterback for not putting himself at risk and injuring himself that's the last thing any head coach wants to see is their quarterback banged up trying to make a tackle after an interception nobody wants to see that i think teddy was playing a little harrow ball in his head and then made the smart move so no don't bench him he did the right thing in my opinion
0: yeah of all the teddy bridgewater defenses that is the most common one given his injury history he uh, decided not to put his body in harm's way it might lose him respect in the locker room but uh, some players might have that state of mind as well and how about those miami dolphins who upset the baltimore ravens the dolphins issued the blueprint for how to stop lamar jackson truth or exaggeration
1: well there's a little bit of truth there and a little bit of exaggeration there you know we It seems like every year, you know, there's that one or two games where we say, well, they figured out Lamar. It's all over now for the Ravens. Um, No, you know, the Bengals didn't have the blueprint, came back against Minnesota. Miami, you know, I think he's going to bounce right back. You know, it may have worked that week. You know, there's other issues with the Baltimore offensive line. It's a bad game all around by the skill position players. They certainly let Lamar down. So I'm going to say that's an exaggeration. I think it's a bump in the road, and it's not going to slow down Lamar at all.
0: We shall see. And last but not least, should they beat the Dallas Cowboys this weekend, the Kansas City Chiefs will win the AFC West. Truth or exaggeration?
1: Oh, truth. I don't think they're going to beat Dallas, and I still think they're going to win the AFC West. Uh, <laughs> the Chargers have all of a sudden, even with Brandon Staley you know, looking like Charger teams of yore with you know, just bafflingly falling apart despite having one of the more talented teams in the league. The Raiders, I think they showed their true colors. They were playing with a little uh, extra emotion after everything that happened with John Bruden and Ruggs and Arnett. And, you know, it all came crashing back to reality against Kansas City on Sunday night last week. You know, Denver is at 500, which is about where they're going to finish up this year. Win or lose, I think it's the truth. The Chiefs are the favorite in the West, and it's just about on lockdown.
0: And speaking of the Chiefs and Cowboys, you uh dropped your prediction almost you telegraphed it. <laughs> that is easily the game of the week this week. Don't you think so,
1: Hal? Without a doubt, that is uh gonna be so much fun. Two great offenses, um, you know, improving defenses. Two of the most entertaining and popular teams in the NFL as well. Huge fan bases all over the country for both teams. I love it. It's, it's a game of the week. It might be game of the month.
0: Easily. And let's preview this game between the Cowboys at the Chiefs this Sunday at Arrowhead. Last week, the Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense that we have known them to be showed up and showed out big time in an absolute route of the Raiders but the Chiefs' defense, in my opinion, had an equally impressive performance against that top flight Raider passing attack. How has this Chiefs' defense dramatically improved over the past few weeks?
1: Well, it's it's been a couple of things. They've gotten a much better pass rush. I think you're seeing uh, Chris Jones picking up his game there as well, and the secondary as well. More playing time for Juan Thornhill has led to better communication, I think, in that secondary. And you're seeing the team starting to get comfortable with each other in the, the secondary, the front seven playing a little bit tougher, getting their feet underneath them, and just that gradual improvement. I know we've seen them struggling for so long this season, and we've talked about uh, on past shows as well, those Steve Spagnolo defenses, seems like you know sometimes they take a while to get going but once they start clicking uh, they're dangerous dangerous that's part of the Steve Spagnuolo (laughs) way it goes with his defenses historically
0: exactly and you mentioned Chris Jones finally looking like the Chris Jones that we've known him to be and that is because Steve Spagnuolo discarded that Ludicrous experiment of lining Chris Jones up at defensive end, put it in at defensive tackle. He's a freaking hog molly for crying out loud. That's where his strength is. The Chiefs are finally lining Chris Jones up at his natural position consistently, and he is feasting because of it, isn't he?
1: Definitely is. Definitely is. And it's not like they don't have defensive ends who can rush the passer. It's a matter of getting your best players together on the field And you move Jones inside. You still have Frank Clark. You've got Alex Okafor out there. You're improving your pass rush that way.
0: And there is another Chiefs defensive player that we have to be talking about here. Uh, Everybody applauds their pick of Creed Humphrey, and rightfully so. We've mentioned Creed Humphrey a lot on this program. What a sensational rookie year he's having. But Nick Bolton, their rookie linebacker from Missouri, he was – AFC defensive player of the month for October. That guy is like a heat seeking missile. He just sets the tone and aggressiveness for that defense. Nick Bolton is a aid that a lot of people have to start knowing.
1: For sure. Without a doubt, David, I mean, uh, you know, improvement in the run defense. He certainly is excellent at that covering tight ends backs out of the backfield. He's making an impact. And You know, just like those the Chiefs offense with that speed and explosion, you're seeing the same thing with Bolton out there, like you said, shot out of a gun. His athleticism stands out on the field, whether it's tackles for the loss in the backfield, uh, blitzing when asked to do so. Uh, He's been a find and a half and has just been fantastic. And as he's gotten more comfortable Uh, Again, we've seen that Chiefs defense improving right along with him.
0: Indeed. And when you look at the trenches on both sides of the ball, there are absences in this game that could very well make the difference. The Chiefs, I am not so sure they're going to get right tackle Lucas Niang back for this game. They didn't have him last week. And as a result, they had to kick Andrew Wiley out to right tackle. But they overcame that by attacking the Raiders By a screens almost all game long, and that neutralized the pass rush of Max Crosby and Yannick Gakwe. But the Cowboys, even without Demarcus Lawrence, posed their own challenge rushing the passer, Uh, obviously with a Micah Parsons whenever he lines up uh, on the edge, and uh, Randy Gregory. But Randy Gregory isn't likely to play in this game because of a calf injury. So my question is, whose absence is more likely to mean the difference between a win and a loss, Randy Gregory or Lucas Niang?
1: I'm going to say it's Gregory um you know I think Gregory would give Niang a handful there as well Wiley was you know basically like you said they schemed around that giant hole at right tackle last week for Kansas City because uh the the Raiders pass rush was getting through Wiley he wasn't doing much to stop them but you know Patrick Mahomes was getting the ball out of his hands quicker, there were plays designed to slow that pass rush, take advantage of that aggressiveness, which was good to see for Kansas City, so yeah, I, I think they're willing to throw Wiley out there and scheme around it again, but for Dallas, boy, I, the way Gregory's been playing, that's such a big loss because you need that pass rush without blitzing to get to Patrick Mahomes, uh, and you know, keep him contained in the pocket and under a lot of pressure. And with Gregory out, that's going to hurt Dallas.
0: And speaking of that, let's go to key matchups and picks. Without Randy Gregory, the Cowboys are going to need somebody else to step up to rush the passer and i'm talking about rookie defensive tackle osa Zua. he is a name we have not mentioned uh here on this program and shame on me for not mentioning it because he is quietly having a major impact for that Dallas Cowboys defense it might not show up on the stat sheet but box score scouting is for losers as i like to say osa <laughs> zua is making an impact every single game by by getting in the quarterback's face and forcing the quarterback off the spot that is his specialty But he is going to have a challenge going up against our man Creed Humphrey on Sunday. So also he's going to have to win a lot of one-on-ones with Creed Humphrey for the Cowboys to slow down Patch Mahomes.
1: Definitely is. And you know, pushing that pocket back into Mahomes, that's what's going to make him uncomfortable. He's comfortable if he can get outside of that pocket. But you know, defenders around his feet, not being able to step into the throws. That's where you get some of those mistakes uh, that we've seen this year from Mahomes. He's much more comfortable outside the pocket. So yeah, definitely a big test on the inside there uh, for Creed Humphrey, and Joe Tooney lining up across from him. That is a huge matchup.
0: Indeed. And what other matchups do you have your eye on in this game of the
1: week, Hal? Well, I'm, I mean, Dallas is full strength, finally, at wide receiver. And what I noticed last week is the return of Michael Gallup pushed C.D. Lamb into the slot. And with Cooper and Gallup on the outside, and C.D. Lamb is basically unco- uncoverable in the slot. He just had one of those performances where he looked like he was open every snap that was, that was played. He was just a handful. He's good on the outside, but he's great in the slot. And that's putting a ton of pressure on this chief secondary, which has slowly been rounding into form. Um, So, you know, whoever gets stuck covering (laughs) any of these receivers is going to have a tough go of it. But especially if you've got somebody like Mike Hughes uh, playing on the inside, trying to cover C.D. Lamb, that's going to be a tough matchup for the chiefs
0: and a tough matchup for the Cowboys against the chiefs defense though is up front with center Tyler Biotis in just his second season going up against Chris Jones Biotis is a typical Wisconsin offensive lineman he has solid fundamentals and is a good quarterback of the offensive line but uh, Chris Jones I think poses a very very difficult challenge for Biotis who it the most athletic center
1: yeah that 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 is tough. Um, you know, Jones is so athletic and you see it so many times, but these, you know, it center isn't a position that a lot of teams have a very athletic guy and that allows Jones to take over a game. So uh, may have to see some help, whether it's Connor Williams or uh, Zach Martin sliding into, to give some assistance to the young center.
0: Indeed. And how you, telegraph that you like the Cowboys to win this game why do you like the Cowboys to win this game
1: you know I I think the I think the offense is just so strong right now I think they're over there one week hiccup that we saw uh two weeks ago I just don't think Kansas City's defense is quite at the point to shut them down and I just think you know Kansas City is still basically running a offense that's Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and you know, I don't think they're gonna be able to count on a, a huge game every week coming out of Daryl Williams. So I think Dallas's defense is strong enough they can match up a little bit better with Kelsey and Hill. And Kansas City's just gonna have a little bit of a problem with those Dallas wide receivers. So I've got Dallas uh, taking this uh, big match up here with a 34 to 27 win in what still should be a close game.
0: It is going to be a close game. Both of these teams have an insane amount of talent, two great quarterbacks, two top five quarterbacks in this game right now and Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott. But I'm going to go with the Chiefs because of one crucial variable. Coaching, we have been saying all along on this program that Mike McCarthy is not the best coach for this Cowboys team long term, especially a talented Cowboys team. And this is going to be a talented Cowboys team for quite a while. And Andy Reid, just last week, he became the fifth most all-time winningest coach in NFL history with that win over the Raiders last night. Andy Reid is a future Hall of Famer. I trust him to outcoach Mike McCarthy just enough. To give the Chiefs a 34 to 31 win over the Cowboys. And now let's pick all the rest of these week 11 games, starting tonight, where your New England Patriots travel to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. And I like the Patriots to win in relatively easy fashion because. Cordero Patterson, yes, he's listed as questionable, but Tom Pelissero of NFL Network reported a couple days ago that there's not a lot of optimism around his availability for, for this game. So with him likely down and Calvin Ridley obviously dealing with his mental health issues, and we commend Calvin Ridley for doing that. We hope you get well soon, Calvin. The Atlanta Falcons offense is pretty limited to just Kyle Pitts and a bunch of other guys. Bill Belichick should be able to easily take care of that. And Mac Jones and uh, that running game is going to play efficient football all night long. I like the Patriots 23 to 10 over the Falcons.
1: Yeah. I, I, the Patriots should win ugh, these Thursday night games with the quick turnaround that negates some of the coaching advantage. I think uh, not having enough time to implement the plan as fully as they would like, so, you know, that kind of hurts the Patriots right there. It's an unfamiliar opponent. That's going to hurt the Patriots as well. So a little bit closer than it should be, but New England 28, Atlanta 20.
0: The New Orleans Saints, they're on a two-game losing streak, traveling to Philadelphia to take out the Eagles and the Red Hot Jalen Hurts show. As good as the Eagles have been playing these past several weeks, I think I like the New Orleans Saints, too. Uh, get back in the thick of it and bounce back with a win here, because I still think the saints are the better team. They have the better coach and uh, Trevor Simeon uh, has still been playing efficient football these past several weeks. And uh, as long as they get Taysom Hill in for his respective package of plays, I think the Saints should win this game. I, I trust their defense to do a far better job than the Broncos did of containing Jalen hurts. And when Jalen hurts, uh, cannot, uh, run uh, and is forced to pass usually uh, the eagles offense stalls and i like the
1: saints yeah uh, exactly the way i would put it as well i think it's a little bit of a letdown game for philadelphia here new orleans uh like we talked about sean payton you're certainly going to give them a little edge in the coaching there and i think new orleans will be able to stop the running game of philadelphia and i don't think philadelphia is built to uh come from be- behind by passing the ball so i'm going to take new orleans still a close game 22 to 16 over the eagles
0: yeah it's going to be close but i like the saints for the exact same reasons as you do the indianapolis colts uh who are 5 and 5 traveling to buffalo to take on the bills and this is a rematch of last year's wild card game where the Colts gave the Bills everything they could handle. And I expect them to do it again. I like the Bills to win this game still, but I fully, and I mean fully expect the Colts to cover the spread.
1: Ooh, no, I, I think we saw the Bills. Uh, let, it may have been against the Jets, but that offense went back to its roots. You saw some big packages. You saw Josh Allen under center. You saw the, Uh, play action game returning to Buffalo and you saw uh, a big change as well with Gabriel Davis taking a lot of Emmanuel Sanders playing time and that brought some big plays back into the Buffalo offense I've got Buffalo uh, winning this one in a blowout I think the offense and defense are clicking in Buffalo right now so 34 to 16 over Indy is the way I see it
0: Lamar Jackson and the Ravens hope to get back on track from their um, hiccup against the Dolphins by traveling to Soldier Field to take on a younger version of Lamar Jackson, dare I say, uh, where Lamar Jackson is right now, I mean, in Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. I like the Ravens in this game, but I believe the Bears keep it close throughout. I think Justin Fields, he is rapidly improving week after week. Snap after snap. I think he's going to have a lot of electric plays on Sunday, but Lamar has slightly more. And the coaching duel between John Harbaugh and Matt Nagy is going to be just enough to give the Ravens a close 23 to 20 win.
1: The Ravens should win this game. I don't know. I'm I'm feeling Justin Fields in this one. I think Nagy's gotten the message and is stepping back a little. So I'm going to pick this as my uh, bold prediction update here, uh, upset. So I've got Chicago 28 to 24 over Baltimore and how they do it. We'll get to that later when we get to our bold predictions.
0: Oh, the Bears fan in me likes that (laughs) and hates that at the same time. Likes (laughs) it because of Justin Fields. Hates it because it might give Bears management uh, more reasons to give Matt Nagy another mulligan in 2022. I hope that doesn't (laughs) happen. That would be the worst possible thing for Justin Fields. But moving on to another matchup between NFC North and AFC North. The Detroit Lions traveling to Cleveland to take on arguably the most disappointing team in the National Football League in 2021, the Cleveland Browns. The Browns should win this game, but look what the Lions were able to do to the Steelers last week. Man, uh, even without Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers usually win those types of games with Mason Rudolph. They didn't win this time. The Lions, they have come oh so close so many times this season. They are overdue for that win. I'm going to take the lions in right. upset special. How do they win this game? Stay tuned for more predictions.
1: I love it, David. I looked at this game six ways up and down and I so wanted to make this an upset special. And I was trying to figure out how Detroit's going to do it. I just think Cleveland after getting punched in the mouth is going to come back with a vengeance this week. So I've got it. Cleveland, 24, Detroit, 16.
0: Browns over Lions, Hal Bent says. The Green Bay Packers, after shutting out the Seahawks, 17-0, traveling to Minnesota to take on the Vikings, who are facing a must-win. If they want to uh, stay alive and keep their momentum going for that final uh, wildcard spot, the NFC, the Vikings are going to have to beat the Packers this weekend. But will they do it? I do not think so. Uh, the Packers, uh, not only do I think will Aaron Rodgers have a better game this week uh, than last week. Last week, he seemed a little rusty coming off of COVID, but I think he has a much better game this week against the Vikings. And that Packers defense, even without Jair Alexander, without Cedarius Smith, they have been doing a magnificent job all season long. Defensive coordinator Joe Barry, take a bow. Oh, my God. You have gotten career years out of Rashad Gary. Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, rookie Eric Stokes. This is a legitimate playoff caliber defense he got there at to Compliment Eric Rodgers and that offense. I think they'd win this Sunday against the Vikings. It's going to be close, but uh Packers win in the end 27 to 23.
1: Yeah, definitely gonna be a close game. I don't really have any reason why I think Minnesota is going to win this game. It just feels like, you know. They seem to figure some stuff out against the Chargers last week late in the game. I'm thinking maybe they can do the same against Green Bay. We know it's, it's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be a close game. I'm just going to go with my gut and say Minnesota 20, Green Bay 19.
0: Ooh, ballsy, hell! I love it. That's <laughs> almost as ballsy as picking the Bears over the Ravens, actually, <laughs> because the Vikings have been a consistently inconsistent team all year long, and not just from game to game, but from quarter to quarter. They're the only team in the NFL this year who has led by a touchdown in every single one of their games. <laughs> Look at that? That's that. They're four and five. That's how inconsistent they've been. Oh, my God. What a all near Jekyll and Hyde season for the Vikings. Unreal. The Miami Dolphins, winners of two straight, traveling to East Rutherford to take out the Jets, and Joe Flacco. If the Dolphins could give Lamar Jackson a hard time with the pass rush, they're going to give Joe Flacco an even harder time with the pass rush. Joe Flacco, he has no eternal clock. He can't count, and I don't think that Jets offensive line is anywhere close to the offensive line he had in Baltimore. Joe Flacco is the quintessential offensive line dependent quarterback in the NFL. Dolphins, they're going to just roll over all over them on Sunday. It's going to be a low scoring game, but I like the Dolphins to dominate 19 to
1: 6. I mean, it's the Mike White era over already. I was enjoying it so much. And now to have it come crashing to an end. It almost seems like the Jets are determined to sweep Mike White under the carpet, and they were waiting for that first opportunity, so he's not out there making Zach Wilson look bad. You know who's not going to make Zach Wilson look bad is Joe Flacco, and I think that's why the only reason that he's out there starting this week for the Jets, which is a shame. Uh, Nobody deserves that. Certainly not the long-suffering Jets fans. Uh, so, yeah, I've got Miami in the win, 20-16 to 16 over the Jets.
0: Cam Newton and the Panthers host former Panthers head coach Ron Rivera and his Washington football team after they pulled off an upset special for the ages over the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the loss of Chase Young is going to sting big time in this Ooh. game because not only can Chase Young hunt down the quarterback, he could absolutely set a vicious, and I mean a vicious edge, In the run game. And that is not a good recipe, even against uh, today's version of Cab Newton and Christian McCaffrey. That plus the Panthers defense going against Taylor Heineke should be more than enough for the Panthers to win and to win relatively easily. I think Washington keeps it close for about three quarters, but the Panthers pull away in the end, 24 to 13.
1: Yeah, I mean, poor Washington. The one time you get, you know, something positive happening this season and, and for that kind of injury to, to just, oh, it, it's devastating is what it is for, for Washington. And I think it's going to be felt, uh, on both sides of the ball, not having chase young, there, just, you know, is heartbreaking for the franchise. And, you know, like we talked about with Carolina, it's cam mania. We're going to see a lot more cam in this game as well. I think Carolina just going to run it down their throats. Uh, so I've got Carolina taking it 24 to 20 over the football team
0: the san francisco 49ers are still alive in the playoff fund after we called for kyle shanahan's axing last week so to speak <laughs> they traveled to jacksonville to take on the jaguars this may be a trap but i just don't see the jaguars winning trevor Lawrence, i feel so bad for him he landed in the worst possible landing spot for him he's such a talented generationally talented quarterback prospect yet bad coaching bad personnel around him, especially on the offensive line wide receivers that cannot gain separation minus dj Chark, it is just absolutely atrocious i think the 49ers are going to be able to win their battles in the trenches against that jaguars offense and run the ball down the jaguars throat all game long i like the 49ers
1: yeah i I was expecting this as a 49ers letdown week, but even with a letdown, they're still going to win the game. I've got it, the 49ers 20, Jacksonville 16.
0: Yes, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if the 49ers win in ugly fashion, as you mentioned. The Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow off of a two-game losing streak and a bye, traveling to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders who were absolutely destroyed by the Chiefs. I am going with the Bengals in this game because the mask has been taken off of the Raiders. Uh, they were able to weather the storm with the Gruden fiasco for a couple of weeks, but then with Henry Ruggs and uh, Damon Arnett, they just came crashing down, as you said. I just do not see how they get back into it. Uh, yeah, I, I love Derek Carr a lot, but this Raiders team, as long as you neutralize that pass rush, their defense cannot stop you. And I fully expect the Bengals to uh, utilize the quick passing game to Joe Mixon, to CJ Uzama to set up long plays to Jamar Chase. They'll replicate the Chiefs' formula and replicate it to near perfection. I like the Bengals.
1: I agree, David, completely. Uh, you know, Vegas is going to play all right at, at home. It'll be a close game. Both teams are, you know, fighting for their wild card life right now. But I I just think Cincinnati's the better team right now. They should take the win. Uh, I'll make it close, say 30 to 27 uh, Bengals over the Raiders.
0: The Arizona Cardinals, they look like they're going to have Kyler Murray back this week. Kyler Murray did practice today and said that he is, quote, getting close to playing going up against the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. And as much as I love Russell Wilson, didn't it look like he rushed back too soon last week.
1: Definitely. He was not ready to play. There was no reason to put him out there. And, you know, it's not often that you say benching Geno Smith is the wrong move, but benching Geno Smith was the wrong move.
0: Yes. I love Russell Wilson. I still think he is a top three quarterback in the NFL, but the the only reason why I think he decided to come back early the the way he did, Uh, granted, I'm not taking anything away from his rehab. He rehabbed his tail off. But I think it's kind of like that thing where he says, this is my last year in Seattle. I want to give the city one last hurrah. And uh, that's what he tried to do. But I don't think it's going to happen this week. The Cardinals defense should do more than enough uh, against him to neutralize it. And he is not going to be 100% again this week. It's going to take a couple more weeks before uh, he reaches that status health-wise. And with Kyler Murray back and Russell Wilson and not 100%, the Cardinals win this game.
1: Agreed, David. The only way the Seahawks are going to win is if, if they can keep up with Arizona in a shootout. I think Arizona's defense is much too good for that with a uh, Russell Wilson less than 100%. I see it as an easy win for the Cardinals, 27 to 16.
0: The Sunday night football game this week might as well call it the COVID Bowl, dare I say, with the Steelers right. traveling to SoFi Stadium to take out the Chargers. Right now, Ben Roethlisberger, Mega Fitzpatrick, Joey Bosa, and Jerry Tillery are all on the reserve COVID-19 list. However, Joey Bosa wasn't put on that list because he tested positive. He's there because he was a close contact. And as long as he continues to test negative throughout the rest of the week, he will play on Sunday. But the Steelers are also optimistic they're going to get Ben Roethlisberger back on Sunday and that TJ Watt is going to play in this game. As much as I wanted to pick the Chargers in this game, I don't trust them right now. They are just doing Justin Herbert no favors. More on that in a bit. And Mike Tomlin against Brandon Staley. I like Brandon Staley, but Mike Tomlin is just a coach that knows how to win these types of games. And I think he does it again. Steelers 23, Chargers 19.
1: Yeah, this is one of those games where it's it's almost like it's so hard being the COVID bull and all because we don't know what pittsburgh team we're gonna see here going against the chargers but again like we talked earlier the chargers are just under achieving so terribly right now i don't know they need something to to turn it around and fix it but that pittsburgh defense is not a defense that teams get fixes from so i've got to go with the steelers as well in this one I've got it. Steelers, 24. Chargers, 19.
0: And on Monday Night Football, Tom Brady and the struggling defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers host the New York Giants at home. Some people say this is a gimme. I do not think this is a gimme for the Bucs. Richard Sherman just put on short-term IR. The Bucs, who do they have in the secondary to cover Uh, Sterling Shepard and John Ross and Darius Slayton. They have nobody right now. And that is a problem because Daniel Jones tends to have these good games every now and then and Saquon Barkley's playing too. Hello. He had that short passing game against even against Devin White, Levante, David, he could be lethal. I like the bucks in this game, but I like the Giants to cover that 12 and a half, 10 point spread. I think uh, it's going to be closer than many people think. I like the Bucks, but it's going to be a lot closer.
1: I agree, David. I, you know, I almost looked at this one as an upset special uh, with the struggles of Tampa Bay. I mean, it, w- what what's going on with that Tampa defense? There, I mean, they oh, that does not look like a Super Bowl defense right now. Tom Brady has always got to have those security blankets and. This offense, without Rob Gronkowski, without Antonio Brown as his security blankets, it's just not the same offense for them right now. Much as I wanted to to give the Giants the upset win here as well, I just couldn't pull the trigger on this one either, Ooh. David. Uh, I wanted to. I I kept coming back and saying, well, maybe if coming off a of By Jones uh, turning it around healthy park I I still couldn't do it, I tried so hard but but yeah I I think i'm with you, I think they'll be uh, covering the spread but Tampa Bay takes it 30 to 25 over the giants.
0: And now on to our bowl predictions for week 11 I will go first this week last week the Detroit lions had a chance at their first win of the season in overtime, but Ryan Santoso missed a 48 yard field goal. But this week the lions beat the Browns in overtime on a 52 yard field goal Ooh. from Ryan Santoso at the gun. That is my bold prediction. What about you, Hal?
1: I don't think there's anything that can be too bold in 2021 here. Once Jacksonville beat Buffalo, I mean, we're just not going to be able to match that no matter how hard we try here. So uh, I tipped it already with my uh, Chicago Bears upset of the Ravens. How are they going to do that? Justin Fields. Well, yeah, he's going to be a, make a difference with his feet and he's going to make a big difference with his feet. And give uh, the Baltimore Ravens defense a taste of what everybody else has had to suffer through the last few years playing against the Ravens. So I'll give Fields 150 yards rushing, two touchdowns on the ground. But also, why not uh, a couple of big plays to his number one ride receiver? No, not Allen Robinson. He certainly hasn't looked like the number one. Darnell Mooney two big touchdowns, one late in the fourth quarter, 50-plus yards for the W in dramatic fashion. Go, Justin Fields. Go, Bears.
0: Go, Bears, indeed. And now on to our challenge flags for Week 11. We always conclude the program with our challenge flags. Hal, you go first this week. Who would you like to challenge in Week 11?
1: Well, I – I've actually pulled out this challenge. I think it was back in week five, and it's coming back around again this time. So Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals, again, 2020, that great start. Kyler Murray banged up, and the season went down the tubes. I'm begging you, take advantage of this huge break with San Francisco beating the Rams on Monday night. Go into Seattle. Got out that win, get into that bye week, start getting everybody healthy. You've got a winnable finish to get that number one seed in the NFC. And again, there's only that one bye. You need that number one seed. It's like winning a playoff game to begin with. Cliff Kingsbury, get it done this week and get ready for that fun home stretch. My
0: challenge flag, as I implied a couple minutes ago, goes to the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers, unleash the Justin, as in Justin Herbert. You are not playing the Justin Herbert strikes at all. You are just a deke and dunk land, like he was in Oregon. Oh my God, in college in Oregon, he was totally miscatched that offense. Not again, come on. Call multiple shots down the field on Sunday against the Steelers get Mike Williams several bombs in contestant catch situations get Jared Cook over the middle on some 30-40 yard throws or Donald Parham even just let Herbert be Herbert Chargers it shouldn't be this complicated and he is Hal Bent ladies and gentlemen of BostonSportPage.com and full press coverage you can follow him on Twitter at HalBent01 Hal thank you so much once again for joining us and that is it for today here on Sports Crunch but we'll be back same time next week to recap week 11 preview week 12 and discuss all the latest news and notes from around the national football league so stay tuned meanwhile you can follow me on twitter at dcrom59 and on instagram at SportsCrunch with dcrom and remember that is crunch with a k also be sure to check out the new and improved sportscrunch.com in addition november is salute to service month where we honor our brave heroic men and women in uniforms And that means it is time for the annual Cheer for the Troops campaign run by my good friends, who you hear at the beginning of each Sports Crunch episode, the Denver Broncos Cheerleaders. Please click the link in my Twitter bio for more information on this incredible month-long event and make a donation that will help send a care package to active-duty U.S. troops and military personnel currently stationed overseas. My friends, and more importantly, our troops, would absolutely love and cherish your support. You could donate all the way through November 30th, but please don't wait. Do it now, click on that link in my Twitter bio and make your donation today. For Hal Bent, this is David Cromwell saying so long, stay awesome and enjoy another fun weekend of football, cats and kittens, stay cool.